Welcome to The Conversation. My name is Graham. I will be your host today. The Conversation is KMN's live and local call-in show where listeners weigh in on the topic of the week. Today is an atypical show in that The Conversation is with four specific guests and we won't be taking calls today. You can leave comments about the show on our Facebook page. Today's conversation is about ballot measure 405, 4-205. This is a Clatsop County measure, which would prohibit enforcement of certain firearms regulations by county employees. Our two guests that will be speaking in favor of the ballot measure today are James Hoffman and Rob Taylor. And our two guests speaking against the measure will be Laura Allen and Sheriff Matt Phillips. We're going to get right to it so that all of the guests can have their full allotted time. Uh, Everyone has been offered equal time, uh, but no one is obligated to use all of their time. And so joining me first is James Hoffman. James, are you there? Yes, I am. Thank you. Good morning, and thank you for joining us on the conversation. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start the clock. You've got 12 minutes to speak in favor of ballot measure 4-205. All right. Thank you very much. Um, What does the Constitution mean to you? Does it mean our freedoms granted to us by our founding fathers and our Father in heaven? I say yes, it does. The Constitution and the Bill of Rights are the driving force behind the freedoms that we enjoy today. If you take away one of our rights, we lose all of our rights. The Second Amendment was granted to us so we could protect our rights against a tyrannical government and for people who threaten our families. The safest places in America are the cities and the states who have the fewest and least gun restrictions. The most violent cities are the ones who have the strictest gun rights. Let's take a look at Chicago. They have some of the strictest gun laws in America. Every year, Chicago has more people shot than we have had shot in Iraq and Afghanistan. Let that sink in for a minute. More people are shot in an American city every year than two different wars. That should scare you. It does me. In the course of human history, the abuse of authority by men through the arm of the state is not an uncommon event. In America, we have safeties that help prevent this. And Franklin said, those who give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety, deserve neither liberty nor safety. Ballot measure 4-205 gives us back some of our liberties that have been taken away. Every year, the current supermajority in Salem keeps chipping away at our basic rights. The Second Amendment states, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, shall not be infringed. That means we have the rights. They have, they have none to take them away from us. The Second Amendment to the United States Constitution protects the individual right to keep and bear arms. It was ratified on December 15, 1791, along with nine other articles of the Bill of Rights. The District of Columbia versus Heller, the Supreme Court affirmed for the first time that the rights belong to individuals for self-defense in the home, while also including that the right is not unlimited and does not preclude the existence of certain long-standing prohibitions, such as those forbidding the possession of firearms by felons and mentally ill. 
our founding fathers gave us four realms of government, self-government, family government, church government, and civil government. Each has its own role. When one invades another jurisdiction, we find chaos and tyranny. That's what's happening every day in Salem. Our legislators know they are taking away our basic rights, but do they care? That's a simple answer. No, they don't. They're after a power grab, nothing but pure, unadulterated power. The more they tax us, the more they regulate us, the more power they have over our lives. George Washington started the revolution over taxes. King George tried to disarm his people because he was afraid of an armed citizenry. Our current government in Salem is afraid of an armed citizenry, too. We need to stop their power grab before it continues and gets out of control. According to FBI statistics, around 250,000 times every year, a legal gun owner stops a criminal. You don't hear about that on most news sources. Why? Because it doesn't fit their narrative. The government will tell you that they are doing this for the safety of the people. That's code for, we will take away more of your rights. Remember, those who give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. I have both a military background. I was armored recon airborne assault specialist and as a correctional officer with the state of Oregon. During my tenure with the Department of Corrections dealing with thousands of inmates, I know of only one person who was arrested with a legally obtained weapon. Every other inmate committed a crime with a stolen weapon. Judge Janine Pirro on Fox once stated that out of thousands of cases, she either prosecuted... Oh, let me... Uh, sorry, I missed my spot there. She either prosecuted or sat on the bench for only one had used a legally obtained weapon. The rest used stolen weapons. Even if you're not an avid gun owner, gun owner like I am, you should stand up and vote yes for Measure 4-205. This helps protect all of our rights. The oath that I took doesn't expire when I retire. Once you take that oath, it stays your responsibility for life. It states, in short, I swear to defend the Constitution against all enemies, both foreign and domestic. I've had many discussions with friends who are still working in law enforcement today. Everyone I know has made a pledge not to enforce unconstitutional gun laws. Any law enforcement agency that enforces illegal laws are not standing up for the oath they took. In fact, they are violating that oath. The sheriff of your, of your county is the highest authority of law. He is not standing up for your rights if he goes after unconstitutional gun laws. That's what I have. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Hoffman. James Hoffman is currently retired. His background is both Army Recon and Oregon Department of Corrections. He's the past chairman and current delegate for Clatsop County Republicans. Our next guest, speaking against Measure 4-205, is Laura Allen. She's a retired attorney, originally from Washington State, and she's lived in Seaside for several years. Laura, are you there? I am. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you for the op. Good morning. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to reset the clock. You have 12 minutes to speak against the measure. You can use all or some of the time. It's completely up to you. Um, and I will start the clock now. Thank you so much, Graham, for the opportunity as a resident to talk about this measure and speak out against it. This ballot measure, 4205, would ban 
sheriff's deputies, and any other county employee from enforcing any gun laws, state, federal, or local. It would also ban them from investigating possible violations of a gun law. And, of course, the county couldn't pass any restriction on any use or possession of guns or ammunition. This isn't going to make us any safer. And just the opposite, there's just a number of situations I can envision where I don't think the sheriff would be able to keep us safe or protect themselves um, if this measure were to pass. I understand my opponent's position on the Second Amendment, and he spoke about law enforcement uh, who've taken pledges not to enforce gun laws. I, I just don't think that's true. The few places that have passed these kinds of measures, one of them was struck down when they learned what the Heller case actually said about the Second Amendment. And in other cases, as what I've read, sheriffs have said, we're not, this is just symbolic. We're, we're of course, going to enforce federal and state laws. So this, the idea that there's this movement out there of not enforcing gun laws, just, it's just patently not true. Um, on the Second Amendment, the, uh, Mr. Hoffman cited the Heller case, which is, was written by Justice the opinion was written by Justice Antonin Scalia in 2008. First of all, Justice Scalia would never have endorsed a ballot measure that undermines the rule of law and jeopardizes law enforcement. In that case, all he found was that citizens have a right to keep a loaded handgun in their home. But he upheld the requirements for registering and licensing handguns, and he made clear the government could regulate the ownership and use of handguns and could even ban guns like uh, concealed weapons or military-style guns. Uh, he made it very clear that the Second Amendment right, like any right, is not unlimited. He said the Second Amendment does not protect the right of citizens to carry arms for any sort of confrontation. And nothing, in our opinion, should be taken to cast doubt on longstanding prohibitions on the possession of firearms by felons, the mentally ill, or laws forbidding the carrying of firearms in certain places, such as schools and government or imposing conditions and qualifications on the commercial sale of guns. So he envisioned a very limited right where people could protect themselves in their own home. It, and the other thing he made very clear is that these, militia, these groups that call themselves militias, um, that, that's nothing sanctioned by the Second Amendment. Justice Scalia said in his opinion, the only militia that can be established by Congress, and that's our military or our National Guard. These Self-styled militias are not sanctioned by the Constitution. So this idea that the Second Amendment requires sheriffs to not enforce gun laws is, is just it's patently absurd. And I want to talk a little bit about what this petition actually says and, and what it will mean to people. Oregon has very few gun laws as it is. It's an open carry state. Um, you can carry a concealed weapon with a permit. Um, so we, we're talking about, you know, it's a pretty open anyway for guns, and I don't know why we would need a haven for them in Clatsop County. The idea that guns need a sanctuary is it's dangerous, and it's going to create a lot of confusion and chaos. What it will mean is the sheriff and the county employees can't conduct background checks. Um, they can't track a gun to find out if it was used in a crime or who it belongs to or who manufactured it. They couldn't enforce concealed weapons permits from the state. Um, Oregon doesn't accept concealed weapons permits from other states. So anyone from anywhere in the world could carry their gun concealed or open into Clatsop County with no restrictions at all. There's also just a number of situations I can think of where I don't know that the sheriff could 
could keep us safe? What if there's someone waving a gun around, like in a domestic violence situation, or who's under the influence of drugs or alcohol, or a suspect with a gun? The sheriff couldn't do anything to investigate a possible gun law violation. Think how broad that prohibition is. It's going to be really unclear what steps they can take in that situation. Can they take the gun to protect the people or themselves? It doesn't appear so unless there's a court order. And even that's not clear because in another part of this measure, it says the sheriff can't enforce gun confiscation orders. So will the sheriff even try to stop a situation like that, knowing they may get fined or sued or both? This this uh, petition actually says that the sheriff or the county employees will be fined um, and that they can be sued civilly if they violate uh, or do anything to try to investigate or enforce a gun law. I think people won't call the sheriff if they think, he or his deputies can't do anything in a situation involving a gun. That's going to make uh, domestic violence situations much more dangerous. Um, they won't be able to help a domestic violence victim get a protective order that prevents an abuser or a stalker from having a gun. They can't ask a court to take a gun or put restrictions on use of guns by people where there's evidence that they're suicidal or intend to harm others or have mental illness. It's just not clear to what extent, if these orders do get issued, that the sheriff could do about them, if he could even enforce them. So it's certainly bound to reduce the number of domestic violence and stalking victims requesting orders uh, to take guns away or restrict use of guns by their abuser. They're less likely to call the sheriff. Um, it's going to make it much less likely that the county can restrict guns in the hands of people who shouldn't have them, people who are suicidal or who intend to harm others, what we call these red flag laws. I'm assuming that um, one of the reasons for this measure by this um, Mr. Hoffman, who is a, a Republican County, Republican Party County delegate, I'm assuming one of the reasons for this measure is that it will give some kind of haven to these extremist groups, like Proud Boys or the Sons of Liberty, that are here with their semi-automatic weapons every so often. You know, we just don't need that kind of thing in this county. It's dangerous. It creates a lot of division. It's also, this measure is likely to increase vigilantism. In Corbett recently, um, there were people fleeing from the wildfires trying to evacuate, and a group of vigilantes with their semi-automatic weapons were stopping cars, looking, uh, demanding identification. I, I guess they were looking for, for people of color who they were claiming had started the fires one of these baseless conspiracy theories. It was very scary, I'm sure, for the people trying to get out of there, being stopped by people with semi-automatic weapons. The sheriff in that case was able to arrest them and stop them. I don't know that our sheriff could have done anything about something like that. So this whole idea that we need a gun sanctuary uh, is frankly just ridiculous and scary. It's not something we need right now, more guns in the hands of people who shouldn't have them. So I urge your listeners to vote no on 4205. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. Um, I am going to take a quick music break while we get our next guest on the phone. And we do hope you'll stick with us on the conversation on KMUN as we discuss ballot measure 4-205 for Clatsop County.
you're just joining us, this is The Conversation on KMUN, and we are discussing Clatsop County Ballot Measure 4-205. We have heard from James Hoffman in favor. We've heard from Laura Allen against. And now we will hear from Rob Taylor uh, for the measure. Over the past three decades, Rob has been an activist for limited government, a campaign manager, and an advisor for former New Mexico Governor Gary Johnson. Currently, Rob is involved in the SASO 2020 campaign, and he hosts a talk radio show, The Rob Taylor Report, which airs every Monday on KWRO in Coos Bay. Rob, are you there? I'm here, sir. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. And I'm going to start the timer. You have 12 minutes, and you can use all or some of your time. Up to you. But I invite you to go ahead and speak uh, in favor of Measure 4-205. Thank you very much. Uh, I want to assure everyone that there are a lot of people out there who are going to uh, make exaggerated claims about what this law, the Second Amendment Sanctuary Ordinance, does and what it does not do. And one of the things that it does not do, it does not pertain to the violent actions of people with a gun. People who commit felonies with a gun will still be prosecuted. Anyone who misuses a gun can still be prosecuted under this law. In fact, the only thing this law does is puts a restrictions on enforcing state and federal gun regulations, regulations on firearms and firearms accessories that has been imposed by state and federal government. And they are continuing to pose these laws and to impose these laws and will do so until they eventually eliminate the citizen's ability to own firearms. Well, the Second Amendment Sanctuary Ordinance, or SASO, is a measure, is a ballot measure. And it's on the ballot in four counties right now in Oregon. And those four counties are Clatsop County, your county right there, Columbia County, Coos County, which is my county, and Umatilla County. And, of course, the one in Clatsop County, your county, is Measure 4205. It's the one that we are supporting and we believe is a great law. The SASO is a new law. This is something that's new. It's not the same as the resolutions that have been passed around in other states and other cities. But this is a new law that implements a local a local layer of legal protections for the rights acknowledged in the Bill of Rights using the initiative process and a county's home rule authority to reject the commandeering of county resources by state and federal agencies. If this law is enacted, the Second Amendment sanctuary law would impose a directive ordering that the county government shall not use any county resources or employees to enforce state or federal regulations concerning firearms or firearms accessories. Any county agency or employee found guilty of violating the law would face a Class A violation plus a $2,000 fine for the employee, $4,000 for the offending agency. Now, the fine is what is unique in this law. The fine is what makes this different than the resolutions that have been passed elsewhere. The Second Amendment sanctuary, this law defends the right to keep and bear arms. It employs, and in, in fact, it encourages the idea of shall not be infringed by eliminating the local enforcement of the many state and federal restrictions limiting the ability of the individual to protect themselves, their families, and others. The Second Amendment Sanctuary Ordinance is unique in the fact that it differentiates itself from the feckless resolutions other counties and other states have enacted. The ordinance would punish local governments and local government officials who violate an individual Second Amendment's rights, which would eliminate and challenge 
the practice of qualified immunity. In other words, politicians would have to pay for committing unconstitutional crimes and ignoring their oaths of office. So in other words, this would allow the, the, the people who violate our Second Amendment rights to be charged with a crime. And this is important because I just had to sue the city abandoned because they violated their city charter. If I, as an individual citizen, would not have sued the city of Bandon, they would have been allowed to get away with violating the charter because there's nothing inside the charter that puts a penalty for violating the laws that are enacted by the very charter that the city council violated. So I thought this would be a great way to put a, a penalty on government officials who just do not follow the law. Currently, there's a growing trend of defunding the police disarming the citizens, and discharging the criminals, which will only result in an exponential wave of crime and death unless the electorate is willing to act, unless the people of Clatsop is willing to act. And we've seen the mob every night, day in and day out, for the last 115 days in Portland. And people who defend themselves are the ones who are getting arrested. Well, this law, the Second Amendment Sanctuary Ordinance, will stop that. And what's even worse is that our own district attorneys, the more ominously twisted aspect of of what's going on in our cities is that district attorneys are now charging citizens with crimes for using firearms to defend themselves, their lives, their homes, and their property from the mob. We, the people, are the last line of defense against anarchy and lawlessness. We must be willing to defend our cities and counties from criminals, looters, and rioters, and unethical politicians with the protections and values enumerated in the U.S. Constitution. The Founding Fathers were geniuses. They knew that at a certain point, our government and the people who are in our government and the law enforcement who's charged with our protections may actually use the law against the citizens so that the average person cannot defend themselves. Well, the Second Amendment Sanctuary Ordinance would help achieve that goal by allowing the people to invoke those rights with more legal authority in opposition to federal, state, and local politicians who want to make their own rules. And we've seen this time and time again, where the legislature up in Salem is constantly passing laws that are restricting your ability to own the, the tools and the utensils, the accessories to these tools that you need to create, to create a, a, a barrier against the criminals. See, they're not going to take away our right to own a gun. They're just going to take away your right to, add, to access to a gun. They're going to regulate the barrels. They're going to regulate the size of the magazines or the clips. They're going to tell you that you're not going to have any Fourth Amendment right, that they can come and, and have these red flag laws where pretty much anybody can make a blanket accusation against anyone else. The police can come to your house. They can kick in your door. They can take away your guns, and you have no recourse for it. You have to prove yourself innocent when you've already been convicted of being guilty when they kick in your door. And this is the problem, and the Second Amendment sanctuary ordinance would stop it. And the reason that people in law enforcement do not want this law passed is because it eliminates their qualified immunity, and it hinders the county's collective bargaining powers. Well, my Second Amendment rights and nobody's Second Amendment rights are predicated on the county's ability 
to have collective bargaining powers with the law enforcement unions. And this is what they're complaining about with the Black Lives Movement. They're complaining about how police officers are able to violate people's rights, and then there's no punishment or recourse for these actions. The Second Amendment Sanctuary Ordinance changes that whole aspect. It allows the people to once again to empower themselves by using the initiative process to pass a law that is very similar to the illegal immigration sanctuary laws. And in fact, I would encourage that the county challenge this law in court because I believe it will stand because this law and the illegal immigration law are based on the same legal doctrine, the anti-commandeering doctrine. The anti-commandeering doctrine states that any city, county, or even a state is allowed to, to keep their resources and not allow the federal government or the state government to use those resources for laws that that municipality finds unconstitutional or unpalatable for their citizens. And that's why many law enforcement officers don't want this, because they know that it's going to limit their ability to infringe on people's rights. It just makes their job easier. But if you look at the law in Sections 4 and Sections 5 and Section 6, it is a very clearly written law. There are no misunderstandings in it because the law is very clear. And it will not prevent the sheriff from enforcing any legal action against anyone, like I said, a felon who is uh, in, in access of a gun or someone who's using a gun in the commission of a crime. Those things are still punishable. It does, this law, the Second Amendment Sanctuary, does not punish legal actions. All it does is stop the enforcement of illegal restrictions on firearms and firearms accessories. So that's why I'm encouraging everyone, everyone who's in, who can hear me, that you have to defend yourself. And the one way to do that is by voting yes for Measure 4205 in Clatsop County. Thank you, and thank you for your time. That was Rob Taylor speaking in favor of Clatsop County Measure 4-205. Thank you, Rob, for joining us. And we are going to move on to our final guest for the morning, speaking in favor of the measure in just a moment. But I wanted to prep you out there that uh, it looks like we'll be wrapping up with these statements well before the end of the hour. And so I'm predicting we'll have about 20 minutes to talk about this as a community. And so once we finish with our final speaker here, uh, we invite your calls, 503-325-0010. You can weigh in on this. And I think the presidential debates are probably top of mind for most folks out there right now. So if you'd like to call in and, and blow off some steam about that, I certainly invite you to do so. After we hear from this final guest, uh, our next guest is Sheriff Matt Phillips. He was born and raised in Clatsop County. On January 3rd, 2020, Sheriff Matt Phillips was sworn in as the 32nd Sheriff of Clatsop County. He currently holds a Bachelor's of Science degree in Sociology from Oregon State University and is working on finishing his Master's of Criminal Justice degree from Western Oregon University. His training has included International Public Safety Leadership and Ethics Institute, Oregon State Sheriff's Association Command College, Oregon Executive Development Institute, Oregon Police Corps Academy, and countless hours of assorted training in the different divisions and disciplines within the Sheriff's Office. Sheriff Matt Phillips, are you there? Yes, good morning. Good morning, and thank you for joining us. I am going to start the timer, and you've got 12 minutes to speak against Measure 4-205. 
All right, good morning. Um, I guess to, to begin with, um, I want to be clear that I myself am a supporter of the Second Amendment, and I own and responsibly enjoy a lot of the firearms and accessories that this ordinance seeks to protect. Um, but I believe that this ordinance goes too far and is specifically an attack on the duties and responsibilities of my office and my staff. Um, I think that it would uh, make legitimate law enforcement efforts uh, for my staff, sheriff's deputies, illegal. And again, that's only for sheriff's deputies, and it does nothing to uh, limit or affect the, um, the ability of the police officers and state troopers uh, in the county to in enforce existing laws. I, I think that part of the danger, too, is that it could pit local officers against my deputies and staff, um, when they do enforce the law that could be interpreted as being in violation of this ordinance. Uh, I don't like that it would subject uh, deputies to civil uh, action for, for performing their duties under state law. Um, I, I find that this, this law is difficult to interpret. Um, you know, Mr. Taylor said that um, this doesn't prevent us from enforcing laws when, when guns are used in the commission of a crime. But under Section 6B, for example, it says this amendment is not intended to prohibit or affect in any way the prosecution of any crime for which the possession of a firearm is an aggregating factor or enhancement to an otherwise independent crime. Hey, Sheriff Phillips? Yes. Can I invite you to speak a little more directly into the mic of your phone? Yes. Thanks. Can you hear me better? Okay. Anyways, aggregating is usually uh, a theory used for financial crimes where you where you add several small thefts together to make make one um, against the same victim over a period of time into a felony instead of a series of misdemeanors. So, for example, if if I committed the crime of menacing uh, by by intentionally placing someone in fear of serious physical physical injury or death by pointing a firearm at them, that crime is a misdemeanor, and using a firearm to accomplish that is not an enhancement. So as, as I interpret this law, I don't believe that the, the, the evidence, the firearm, could be seized. I'm also concerned about Section D, which says that my office could continue to issue concealed firearms, uh, you know, concealed carry permits. Uh, I worry about what happens if statutorily I'm required to revoke one for, for someone who's committed a crime. Um, that would that would be applicable under the theory that uh, that's required uh, by law in other legal jurisdictions. So if I do that, um, it'd be okay. But within our own county, that that would be considered illegal. So I definitely have some concerns. I, I think that um, these these issues would have to be reviewed by a judge. And so far, the only judicial review of, of similar ordinances in uh, Harney, Curry, and Grant counties found that the uh, ordinance failed to meet the legal requirements to be placed on the ballot. Uh, there's three tests. The first test um, is a proposed law should be single subject. Uh, this ordinance uh, fails that test because it log rolls uh, several subjects uh, of fees, registration, background checks, possession, type of firearm, accessory, and ammunition. 
Uh, the second test is that it must be legislative and not administrative. And as this law is applied to the sheriff's office in the execution of our duties, it is administrative. And the third test is that it must be a matter of county concern and, and fails this test because the ordinance is preempted by ORS 166-170. So when we talk about the tests of constitutionality, I know that there's, there's lots of ways to interpret the laws, and, and constitutionality is always uh, determined by our courts. And, and believe me, there's, there's changes to the laws all the time that I don't agree with, but I do understand and have to respect that the courts get to make those decisions. And um, with respect to other sanctuary laws, I don't think it's good policy to create a bad law such as this one, in order to attack another law. And that's all I have. All right. Well, Sheriff Phillips, thank you for your time today and uh, for joining us on the conversation. All right. Thank you. All right. That concludes the special guest portion of today's program discussing Measure 4-205. And if you would like to call in and express your views and opinions on the matter. Now's the time. 503-325-0010. Love to get your voice on the air and uh, hear from you. This is a Clatsop County measure, um, but I it sounds like measures of a similar nature are being proposed in other counties across the state. Uh, and so I think that this is a wider issue that potentially affects lots of us. A similar measure has made it on the ballots in Coos, Columbia, and Umatilla counties. The measure has been blocked in several other counties, including Curry and Harney. After county clerks determined the content did not meet constitutional requirements, what do you think? 503-325-0010. It's the conversation on KMUN. Give us a call and check in. Okay, we've got our first caller. Hi, you are on the air. Go ahead. Hi, my name is Tita. Um, I want to address something that was uh, brought up by Sheriff Phillips, um, and that has to do with this measure 4205 would um, cause the county employees, the sheriffs, not to be able to enforce local state, and federal law, but the uh, state patrol and the police departments of the cities in Clatsop County would still be enforcing the laws as they should be. In many cases, um, the different police departments, the different public safety departments work together And so I can only imagine the great confusion it would cause to to everyone involved if certain people at a scene of a crime could enforce the law, but certain people couldn't enforce the law. And uh, that leaves it rife for error. It leaves it rife for more crime. 
and rights for uh, the county employees to be put in a, po- a position of being sued for maybe somebody else doing the right thing and enforcing the law. Well, Tita, I appreciate you weighing in this morning. Thank you. Anything else you'd like to add? Um, obviously, I'm opposed to Measure uh, 4-205. Um, I, I just hope everybody educates themselves about this. Um, it concerns me that this is um, making its way across our state, across our country, uh, to basically gut the ability of our um, our public safety officers to enforce laws, and um, I can only imagine that uh, this could be the start of a cha- of more chaos in our country. So it really concerns me. Thank you for your call. Thank you. Joining us now is another caller. Hi, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hi, my name is Martin. I live in Seaside. Hello, Martin. And I am opposed to 4-205. I believe that there's been an extreme rise in uh, extremist uh, viewpoints uh, locally, especially with people carrying semi-automatic weapons through downtown Seaside at protests. And this talk about how this measure is necessary to uh, address unethical government seems to be leading to uh, uh, vigilanteism and to uh, further extremism. And I don't see that that's helping the situation right now when what we need is more civil discourse and civil discourse, by definition, is civil, and I'm not uh, of the opinion that using weapons in civil discourse makes it any more effective or any more civil. So that's my opinion. Thank you. Thank you, Martin. Now it's your turn to call, 503-325-0010. Looking to hear your opinions on... Clatsop County ballot measure 4-205. Clatsop County ballot measure 4-205 would prohibit enforcement of certain firearms regulations by Clatsop County employees. Question being, should Clatsop County prohibit use of county resources for enforcement of certain firearms regulations and allow fines for violations? We've got another caller that just joined us. Hi, you're on the air. Go ahead. I I totally oppose the measure. I think that we need protection. We have too many militia people. They call themselves proud boys, which means they know that they've not grown up yet. We have a president that is telling them to stand by. Things are getting more chaotic, and we do not need Republicans putting rules against law enforcement protecting people. Thank you for your call. Any other thoughts? That's it for now. All right. Thanks for checking in. 503-325-0010 is the number to call. The Second Amendment refers to a well-regulated militia. 
when we're talking about a centuries-old document and how the meaning of words can change. What does that mean to you at this point? What is a well-regulated militia? 503-325-0010. We've got a little less than 20 minutes left in the show. We've heard from two guests speaking in favor of ballot measure 4-205 and two guests speaking against it. So far, we've heard from callers that I believe were unanimously against the measure. Is there anyone out there who would like to call in in support of the measure? We welcome you to do so. 503-325-0010 is the number to call. Take a quick music break. just joining us. This is The Conversation on KMUN, and we're discussing Ballot Measure 4-205, and we've got a caller. Hi, you're on the air. Go ahead. Uh, yes, thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. I'm in favor of the ballot measure. I think that people have a God-given right to protect themselves and their property, and even though uh, the Constitution and the Second Amendment is several decades or a hundred years old, it's never outlived, it's never outgrown. People should have the right to protect themselves. I live in the Portland area, and I see what's going on downtown. I don't even go downtown anymore to because I'm afraid of, I'm a white male. And uh, Antifa and different groups uh, have been uh, documented and filmed pulling white people out of cars and beating them up and beating up old people. So I have a right to protect myself, and anyone that wants to stand in between me and my gun is out of line. I should be able to, uh, I'm a concealed carry. I have a clean record. I'm a law-abiding citizen. And a well-regulated militia is not regulated by the government. It is regulated by the people of the people. And for, to protect ourselves against enemies, both foreign and domestic, coupled with the fact of government tyranny. And that's my case. And I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to express myself. Thank you very much for calling in. All right. God bless. And we have another caller. Hi, you're on the air. Go ahead. Is this me? That's you. Go ahead. Oh, good. Thank you. Well, first of all, I I feel some compassion for the poor man who just called, who obviously exhibits or feels paranoid about almost everybody in his world um, and, and repeats outrageous false statements about what people are doing in Portland and anywhere else. Nobody's coming to get his gun. He's perfectly safe. I'd probably be more frightened of being near that man than um, a lot of other people. So um, the other thing that's going on that I'm hearing from the two proponents of this measure who spoke earlier is this kind of catastrophizing that everyone's out to get them. Um, That's nonsense. Um, and if they were better informed and paid more attention to facts and reliable information, they would know that. Nobody's coming to get your guns. Many in law enforcement have guns, as Sheriff Phillips said. Um, I, 
I'm kind of at a loss for words to understand this deep-seated need that people have to have armed, you know, to have arms, to have weapons so they can kill other people. I, I hope I never understand that mentality. I never want to be somebody who has to go around shooting people to protect uh, my own self-image. So I'm I'm losing coherence just because I'm so befuddled and and confused and uh, appalled and discouraged by some of the people who who want more people to have more guns. So thank you very much for this really helpful show. I appreciate it. Thank you for calling in. And we've got two open phone lines. The number to call if you want to weigh in on measure 4-205 is 503-325-0010. We've got a caller that just joined us. Hi, you're on the air. Go ahead. Good morning. Are you there? Hello? Hello, that's you. Go ahead. And we might have a bad connection there, but we do... Well, two bad connections. I encourage both of those callers to try calling back. 503-325-0010. This is a live call-in radio show. All, All calls go straight to air. So if you're calling about something else, maybe hang on until after 10 o'clock. I see Susanna on the caller ID. Welcome to the show. Hi. Good morning. Thank you. And I just want to um, point out, because I had called in about listening to target practice in the local um, gravel pit across the river from me, that the one push to limit gun items was the push for high-capacity magazines and automatic weapons. Um, of the military style, and that came from the never again, never again, the mass killing of people that can happen in a very short time by these weapons. Um, And they were school shootings, the shooting in Las Vegas. Um, Other than that, there really has not been much restriction of firearms. They do... I don't know the status of it, but there has been a push to have the police be, or I don't know who would take away guns of people that are being very irresponsible and dangerous with their weapons, whether because of mental illness or rage issues, domestic violence issues. So as somebody myself personally who has looked down the barrel of a gun, twice with a man who was being violent with me and who at the end of the day did shoot um, my, at that time, ex-husband, I feel very strongly in domestic violence situations that if people are being threatening and irresponsible with their guns and could are, are at the point of shooting people, they should have their guns taken away. It's about being regulated and being responsible. We can't have people that are losing it and getting violent and being able to just shoot people. And I guess I'm getting emotional now, too. It's a, it's a, 
when you've been in the position of being threatened, whether something's actually happened to you with a gun or not, it's very emotional. And thank you. <laughs> I'm going to leave you with the show. Goodbye. Thank you so much for your call. Okay. 503-325-0010 if you'd like to weigh in on today's conversation. We've got another caller. I think you are the one that we lost a couple minutes ago. Are you there? Good morning. Uh, yes, I am. Thank you. Yes, um, please. I called a little bit ago, and then I wanted to respond to a comment made. Okay. I'm not paranoid. I'm not uh, overreactive. All I do is I believe in the right to protect yourself. Uh for people have been indoctrinated that guns are evil, people with guns are evil, and it's not true. Um, my twin sister, uh, a guy came into her house in the middle of the afternoon, uh, and she was in bed. She had her wisdom teeth pulled, and he pulled her out of bed by her hair and uh, stood her up against the mirror and was cutting her hair off. And then he took her robe off, and she fell to the ground crying. And thank God there happened to be a gun in the closet as she was crawling into the closet on her stomach and crying and screaming. The guy was laughing at her, and she grabbed the gun and pointed it at him and said, get out of here or I'll blow your head off. That saved my twin sister's life. So people that look at guns that are evil and bad, it's not the gun. It's the person behind it. And Federal Bureau of Statistics, I checked into it from the Department of Justice, and over well over one and a half million crimes are prevented or stopped by law-abiding citizens carrying guns every year. So when people, that lady commented about getting your facts straight, I do have my facts straight. I did the research myself. And I'm a law-abiding citizen. I go through extensive background checks. I'm not a vigilante. But I'm there to protect. I'm. I have a gun to protect myself, human life, and my family. And there are peop, evil people out there. When she talked about the guy in Portland, or I'm uh, paranoid with white males. What about the Patriot Prayer Group guy that got shot in cold blood in the middle of the street, and he wasn't even armed in Portland? So that is a fact. And so to say that I'm just paranoid is in it so inaccurate. Uh, but anyway, I appreciate the time and letting me share, and God bless you. Take care. Okay. 503-325-0010. I believe we've got another caller on the air. Hi, you're ready to go? Yep. Yep. Welcome hey to the, there. Welcome to the conversation. You're on the air. Hey, you know, uh, if we start disarming or disabling our county sheriff, what's going to be next? Making it so the city police cannot enforce laws? State police cannot enforce laws? Who are you going to call when somebody's robbing your house or terrorizing your twin sister or, you know, threatening your property? What's, who's going to, I mean, what's next? Disarming the state cops? Disarming the city police? After watching those debates last night, I cannot believe some of these people who claim to be doing things for our own good. Thank you. Thank you for your call. Well, we're approaching the top of the hour and getting towards the end of our discussion on Clatsop County Ballot Measure 4-205, which would inhibit... Let's see, I don't want to get this wrong. It would prohibit use of county resources for enforcement of certain firearms regulations 
and allow fines for violations. We've still got five minutes left. Still plenty of time for you to call in and express your opinion on the matter. This is just the beginning of KMUN's election coverage for this year. I invite you to visit our website, coastradio.org, and right on the home screen, you'll see a big slider that says Elections Coverage 2020. Click on that, and it'll take you to the full schedule of elections coverage that we have planned. We've been putting a lot of effort into this this year, uh, and we hope that you appreciate what we've got in store for you. Um, While we're waiting for our next caller, I can give you a little preview We are going to be playing Oregon House District 31 candidate interviews on Wednesday, October 14th from 9 to 9.30 a.m. Astoria's AAUW Candidate Forum will be live-streamed on the Internet on KMUN's YouTube page as well as on Clatsop Clatsop Community College's Facebook page. And that candidate forum will be rebroadcast the following evening on KMUN, KTCB, from 6 to 8 p.m. Warrant and candidate interviews will air Thursday, October 8th, from 9 to 9.30 a.m. on KMUN, KTCB. The Seaside AAUW candidate forum will air live Thursday, October 8th, from 6 to 8 p.m. on KMUN, KTCB. The Tillamook... AAUW Candidate Forum will air live on Wednesday, October 14, from 6 to 8 p.m. on KTCB Tillamook, 89.5 FM. Washington State U.S. Representative 3rd Congressional District Debates will be streaming live on CVTV. You can find that link on our website. That's Friday, October 9th at 2 p.m. Washington State Secretary of State Candidate Forum Wednesday, September 30th, that's today, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, And that's via Zoom. You can find that link on our website. Also available on YouTube at Wakayakum R&D Team. Got a couple more things to advertise to you, but we've got a caller. So hi, you're on the air. Go ahead. Is that me? That's you. Welcome to the conversation. Great. So I have to say that the... The job of our public safety officers is difficult enough as it is. And this at, and what they are doing is not taking away guns. They are not making it harder for people who know how to use their weapons, who use their weapons wisely, who um, uh, do not do wrong things, I'm going to say, they're, they're enforcing laws to help keep the rest of us safe from the people who are not using weapons wisely. And so to make their jobs any more difficult or any more dangerous is something we all need to take very seriously. In addition, I've been listening to all of the callers coming in, and I find it very interesting that all of the people opposed to this measure live in Clatsop County. And as from my count, all of the people who want this measure to pass in Clatsop County don't even live here. So 
that that tells me, um, and I, I can see it, even the main proponent doesn't live here. So again, we need to talk we need to think about our public safety officers. We live here, they live here, and we need to make it not any harder for them to protect us. Thank you. Thank you so much for your call. You've been listening to The Conversation on KMUN. Whoa, we're going to try to squeeze one more in here. Hi, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hey, Graham. This is uh, Bruce Jones. Mayor Bruce Jones. Good morning. Good mo- hey, I, I just uh, got off a Zoom conference call, and I, I'm not sure if I'm listening to a recording or a live. Are you still talking about 4205? Yeah, and we've just got about a minute left, so what do you think? Okay, well, as the mayor of Astoria, I am uh, strongly against Measure 4205. I think it's an anti-law enforcement, anti-law and order measure. It hurts the county sheriff's department by subjecting uh, sheriff's deputies to civil liability penalties for enforcing firearms-related laws, which are supported by most Americans. Um, You know, the ultimate goal of the amendment sponsors is to eliminate all reasonable restrictions on firearms, including those which are now supported supported by a clear majority of Americans, including gun owners like myself. And, uh, you know, it ties the hands of local law enforcement. It makes it illegal for detectives investigating crimes to track illegal firearms used in the commission of a crime. It'll even prevent uh, Sheriff Phillips from seizing as evidence a firearm used to unlawfully menace. So I think it's a very unbalanced approach. It's not necessary. Again, it's anti-law and order, anti-law enforcement. So I'm I'm supporting Sheriff Phillips, supporting the district attorney, and I'm opposed strongly to Measure 4205. And so Astoria being the county seat of Clatsop County, have you heard from other administrators in the county that they feel the same way you do? Or is there anyone opposed? Well, I don't, want to, I don't want to speak for any of the other uh, mayors, but um, I think there's there's strong uh, advocacy that'll be forthcoming against Measure 4205 from the people who actually live here. Well, I'm glad we were able to squeeze you in at the end of the show here. And thanks for having the show today. Thanks a lot for your call. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to KMUN Astoria, 91.9 FM, KTCB Tillamook, 89.5 FM. I did not get anywhere near through the list of election coverage that we are offering on our radio stations and on our website. So visit coastradio.org slash election coverage 2020 